We are I. Good morning, everybody. 5.13 a.m., a little bit showery this morning, nice and cool, like not crisp, just a real nice, cool, fresh smell to the air. I love that in the spring, the summer when it rains a little bit and just has that really, a really refreshing smell to it. So something that's been on my mind since... I don't know, yesterday morning that I knew that I wanted to talk about on this podcast uh, today is I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast, like all the other tens of millions of people on this planet. And um, I can't remember who he was talking to now, but they threw it a stat and then I fact checked it. And I thought they said that uh, Americans eat 130 pounds of sugar in a year. Um, so when I looked at it, I actually found 152 pounds. And now I might have been wrong when I was thinking I heard 130. And I thought 152 pounds of sugar. Now, what does this immediately mean to me? Like this number seems so outrageously high, but like, like what is that? How high is that number? So I started thinking, I'm going to break down this math and I'm going to go through this real quick to have it here on, on my calculator. So if you take 152 pounds and there's 3,500 calories in a pound, so we get 532,000 calories in a year that the average American is getting from sugar. Now, if you take that number and simply just divide it by 365 to get a daily total, that's 1,400 and 58 calories per day. Now, I want you to think about what that number means, that 1,458 calories per day. Think of it in relation that every time that you pick up a package, the nutritional information is always based on a 2,000 calorie diet. Now, there's a lot of females out there that are eating a 1,000 to 1,200 calories. You know, is it the amount of calories they should be eating? Not too sure. You know, a lot of them, you know, maybe. A lot of them, maybe not. You know, then you have like a lot of guys that are probably, you know, eating, you know, maybe around a 2,000 calorie diet or so what they think. And this is where it always comes in, in conversations that I have, is like what people think they're eating versus what they're not. Now, if arguably any human being on this planet, some might be overeating, yes, some might be undereating, and some people are going to fall right in that middle. Now, if you took 1,458 clean calories, you know, whether you're on a ketogenic diet, a plant-based diet, you know, a carnivore diet, Mediterranean diet, anything, if you took... 1,458 calories of the best calories for that diet, you'd be killing it. Absolutely killing it. 
But when we talk about those calories in relationship to sugar, they're the only calories that are responsible for the sugar. They're not even the calories that are in all the other stuff that these people may or may not be eating. So they're eating those calories plus. Now, the part that blew me away is it was not even 100 years previous, meaning a fraction of that. Fraction. It was like, I can't remember what it was. I was like low 40s per year. Low 40 pounds of sugar in a year. And now it's up at 152. One of the main reasons why this is, because sugar has made its way into every aspect of our life. You know, people put sugar in their tea. People put sugar in their coffee. We're drinking sugary drinks. There's sugar in water. We're drinking sugar-filled drinks like Gatorade and Powerade. We're not even playing a sport just because they taste good. Never mind the ice creams and the pastas and the pasta sauce and all the teriyaki sauces and everything. Like sugar has made its way into almost every component of our life. And we've just willingly allowed this. You know, and the harmful effects, you know, sugar from everything from your teeth, gum disease, you know, higher candida levels, diabetes, heart disease. You know, hyperactive children, dysregulated blood sugar levels. You know, afternoon crashes, all of these things. Like every single one of these components is directly related back to sugar and how we are massively, massively over-consuming sugar in a society that's becoming notoriously more lethargic, notoriously more lazy. You know, we haven't seen this massive spike in sugar intake coincide with a massive increase of fitness and performance and physical output where, you know, we may need to be able to replace some of those sugars. You know, it's the reason why that I eat honey shortly after my workout. You know, like our our body needs some of those carbohydrates, but not that many. Especially when we're sitting in front of desks all day, plunking keys on a computer. Becoming more sedentary all the time and diets getting worse. You know, those are some like real hard truths to be able to think about. Like when you're struggling with your diet, like, oh, well, I just had, you know, some chicken pasta salad. I remember when I first started working out when I moved to British Columbia and they had this juice bar. And after my workout, simply because I was young and ignorant, I would get a chicken pasta salad, white pasta, huge portion, chicken, ranch dressing, loved it, ate it all the time. Loved smelling the pasta cooking, didn't like the smell of chicken cooking while I was working out, you know, but just like the combination of hungry, loved it. But again, simply because I was at a gym, I thought it was healthy. Yeah, the chicken may have been healthy before all the ranch dressing was dumped on that before the two of them were put on top of a bed of white pasta. You know, and when I look at this, this is me supposedly knowing 
you know, back then, obviously not as much, but you know, like me being in this mindset that I know what health and fitness is. I was raised around health and fitness. I was raised on a farm. But also being raised on a farm and making our own pasta by hand and having broomsticks and everything all around the house with pasta drying on it. Not the shit that we're eating now. Nor would I ever even eat pasta now. It's been years and years and years since I've ate pasta. You know, but when... When I sit down and I think about these numbers, this is where, in my mind, the biggest injustice with this whole situation that we have going on in our world right now today with COVID-19 is almost 80% of the people who ended up in hospital had choice lifestyle factors. They've had diabetes. They've had heart disease. They've had high blood pressure. They've had all these things that are choice lifestyle diseases. Like people choose to have them. People choose to be overweight. And I know that a lot of people are going to say it's an ignorant thing to say. But when you look at a stat that the average American, and yes, that's not a Canadian, but when the average American is eating 152 pounds of sugar in a year, if you're not that person, but you're the person that's eating 110, if you're the person that's eating 80, if you're the person that's eating 60, there's a problem. This is our society. We've created lifestyle disease. We've created a handful of diseases that when something like COVID-19 comes along, is picking those people off. And then our world shuts down because of it. And the reason why I want to highlight this is simply because if people choose or have chosen to be healthier, there's a very strong argument that we never would have ended off in this position in the first place. There'd be a very strong argument to say that the vast majority of people during cold and flu season would not be getting the colder of the flu because sugar massively corrupts your immune system. Massively. But we don't talk about these things. These things just silently go by. We would rather shut our world down than simply call a spade a spade and look at people and say, you're not healthy. You need to be healthy. We don't look to our government and say, if you are going to govern, you need to have responsible companies in these countries and not allow them to be able to put the amount of sugar in all these foods that they do not have research departments of finding the best combination of most highly addictive formulas that people will keep on eating them so that we have a population of people who are obese and unhealthy and have all these lifestyle factor diseases because we don't have fundamental control over our diets. It is a primal part of our brain to eat. And when you're mixing that with highly addictive foods, of course, there's a high likelihood you are going to overeat. Why would you make a meal at home when you can heat one up in the microwave? Why would you make a meal at home when you can have one delivered to your house in 10, 15, 20 minutes? Why would you? Well, you would because you don't want 
a choice lifestyle disease. You don't want diabetes. You don't want heart disease. You don't want high blood pressure because you don't want to be a prime candidate for a cold and flu. You don't want to be a prime candidate to end up in the hospital because of COVID-19. But it's responsibility. It's responsibility to be able to wake up every single day and not be hyper vigilant on your diet, but put down the fucking chocolate bars. Stop drinking the pot. You don't need to eat pie and cookies and shit every day. You don't need to eat donuts and muffins every day. You don't need to eat pasta regularly. You don't need to eat pizza all the time. You don't need to stop at McDonald's. You don't need to do these things regularly. Where is this social component of responsible food intake so that situations like this don't happen? This situation like this with COVID-19, you can't argue it now. As tough as it may be to hear, you cannot argue the data that 80% of people who are ending up in hospital have choice lifestyle disease like diabetes, obesity, heart disease, and high blood pressure. You cannot argue the fact that the people who are ending up in the hospital because of COVID-19 have two to three comorbidity factors. You cannot argue that there's almost nobody on this planet that has died from COVID-19 only. But who's talking about responsible diet and nutrition? Who's talking about exercise? Who's talking about fundamentally changing the way our nations think about what healthy means and supporting healthy? Our government could have easily stepped in and said, during this time, we recognize this from the data that us as Canadians are not healthy. Here's an adult fitness credit. Back when the conservatives were in power before the liberals took over, that was one thing that Stephen Harper was about to implement is the adult fitness tax credit. Not only did Justin Trudeau take the adult fitness tax credit and not implement that, but took away the child fitness tax credit. Unbelievable. These are things that are just the facts. These are just the data. Now, we we can't argue this. Yes, this whole cancel culture, fat shaming, you know, like plus size models, you know, one thing that I learned, and I've talked about this with everybody that I know, the one of the hottest trends on dating sites for women and men was men with dad bods. Like, how fucking gross is that? This is where our society is trending. We are glorifying unhealthy. And then people want to sit there and put a mask on and shame somebody who's healthy who doesn't want to put one on because they don't need to because you make a choice every day. And I make a choice. I get up at 4.30 every single morning in a two-week time period. There's 11 days out of the 14 days I get up at 4.30 in the morning to work out. There's arguably at least 16 times in those 14 days where I've done something active. Yes, you don't have to do that much. I may be on the higher end of that scale, 
But there's far more people who are on the bottom end of that scale or don't even register on that scale that are even at the average. What is socially responsible? Moving forward, what do we learn from this? When I hear people talking about how fast companies can come up with vaccines and that has become the prize, how fast governments can hand out taxpayers' money because they want to shut an economy down, when do those become the talking points? When does it become the talking point that we need to be healthier? People do need to meditate and stay connected more. You know why? Because that makes you self-aware. When you meditate and you become more grounded and you become more self-aware, you will make fundamental changes. When the food in the grocery store has 50% less sugar in it, that is a huge win. When you say if you need to put warning labels on food, when you grab a drink and it has seven, 800 calories in it, Yes, it tastes good, but seven or 800 calories for most people is almost two-thirds, three-quarters of the entire calories you should be eating and consuming in a day. Where's the social responsibility? Where's the public service announcement? Instead of shutting down gyms, instead of cr like crippling the fitness industry, instead of ruining people's lives, who are advocating for people to be healthy and strong. Our government has chose to do the opposite. There is no narrative. You have the same people crying out loud and saying like, hey, choose health and wellness. Choose to be grounded. Choose to work out. Choose to get outside your door. Go for a walk after dinner. Get outside in the sunshine. Grab some friends. Go for a run. Go for a hike. Go for a bike ride. I tell people all the time now, one of the best things about today is you don't have to just bike or walk or run. There's skateboarding. There's these hoverboard things. There's these uniwheels, unicycles, bikes. There's those air glider things. There's, there's so many ways to transport yourself as a human being in this world today. That there's no way that you can't find some way that is fun for you that simply just gets you out the door. So this is a part of my rant. This is what gets me worked up. Is when I hear things like that, you know, disgusting, 152 pounds. That is a human being worth of sugar every year. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Thank you all for letting me get that off my mind. <laughs>